Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest Bitcoin technical analysis. As Bitcoin bears beware, this Bitcoin rally above 52,000 is much healthier than ever before. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin is awaiting nobody. According to Glassnode founders, they say Bitcoin traders will experience FOMO if this happens. Send the FOMO like a mofo. Let's also go. Big banks are nudging the SEC right now for a slice of their sweet Bitcoin ETF action. Everyone wants a piece of the pie. We'll also be discussing MicroStrategy listing in the S&P 500 index could expose millions of people to Bitcoin. And all they need to do is rise another 3.7 billion. They just topped 10 billion in assets under management when it comes to BTC. We'll also be discussing the Mexican billionaire Ricardo Salinas outlines four key reasons to buy Bitcoin right now says you have to know how to invest. We'll also be discussing 5 million per coin is the fair market value for Bitcoin, according to Max Kaiser, the high priest. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Now, today is pod episode number 1553. It's February 16th. I'm your host, JV, and happy TGIF. Thank God it is Friday. Weekend is amongst us. Will we continue to pump to 55 Gs? We're back in the green above 52,000 within a few minutes of going live. You know how we roll. But anyways, family, let's kick it off with our market watch as we do each and every day. Bitcoin back above 52,000. It's been holding this support, which is a good sign. I believe the next resistance is going to be 55,000, which is very doable to tap by this weekend. We also had Ether hanging up, uh, hanging out above 2,800, uh, now just below, but also unprecedented levels we haven't seen in two years for Ethereum. Uh, BNB and XRP pumping back in the green while Solana and Cardano are pulling back and in the red. And checking out coinmarketcap.com. Let's get a refresh this morning. It was 1.96 trillion on the cusp of smashing the 2 trillion milestone. Right now it's down a little at 1.94 trillion with 84 billion in volume for the past 24 hours. Bitcoin dominance back on the rise at 52.5% with the Ether dominance at 17.2%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past 24 hours. We got BGB up 16%, followed by Sia Coin up 15%, followed by our weave up 13% below that stats render v chain the graph and stacks now which altcoins if any are you most bullish on for this bull run please do let me know in the comments right down below and checking out the crypto bubbles to get a visual perspective on the day you can see some of the top gainers overall i say the majority of the alts are back in the green but we still have a 
pretty decent amount in the red. And zooming out on the monthly, definitely overall for the month, the alts are crushing. Some can call this a mini alt season. What are your thoughts? Tau is up 150%, Stacks up 62%, Pith 64%, BGB 64%, VET 56%, Chainlink 23%. Very respectable gains. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index. You can see we're currently rated a 72 in greed. Yesterday, 72. Last week, a 72. Wow. And last month, a 60 in greed. And checking out the Bitcoin halving countdown clock. As you can see, we're only 60 days, which is virtually two months away until Bitcoin halving 2024 with the estimated halving date to take place April 17th. Again, only two months away. Uh, where do you feel the Bitcoin price is likely to reach on our way to this halving as we continue our pump now above 52.1, baby? But anyways, let's dive into our TA and uh, check out the charts where the price action is likely to go next. Bitcoin gained 21% between February 7th and February 15th as traders attempt to establish support at 52, precisely where we're at at the time of the live stream. This week's surge is attributed to increased inflows into the spot Bitcoin ETF instruments as well as macroeconomic uncertainty. However, Bitcoin derivatives metrics do not align with the excessive optimism seen in the market, indicating professional traders remain unconvinced about the sustainability of the bullish momentum. Now, who are the professional traders they're quoting? Is that like Garrett Sol away. Just saying. But anyways, the 2.4 billion net inflow into the spot ETFs in the past seven days can be partially attributed to initial signs of a slowdown in the U.S. economy, particularly in the consumer sector. U.S. retail sales declined by 0.8% in January compared to the previous month, according to Census Bureau. And similarly, Japan and the U.K. entered technical recessions after experiencing two consecutive quarters of declining gross domestic product GDP. Traders are questioning whether institutional demand for Bitcoin will persist, considering the latest economic data is unfavorable for risk on markets. In times of uncertainty, investors often seek protection to fixed income assets and to gauge the comfort of the whales and arbitrage deaths with Bitcoin at 52,000 support. One should analyze the Bitcoin derivative markets, starting with perpetual contract funding rates. A positive funding rate indicates an increased demand for leverage amongst long positions, while a negative rate signals the need for higher leverage being used by shorts. Now, the funding rate for Bitcoin perpetual contracts remains relatively stable over the past week at a quarter percent per seven days, indicating balanced demand in a neutral market. And in contrast, in late 2023, this metric stood at 1% per seven days, signaling excessive optimism. Now, interestingly, Bitcoin's price at year end remained essentially flat compared to the prior two weeks at 42.5. Now, the whales and market makers typically prefer monthly contracts due to the absence of flexible funding rates. This absence causes these instruments to trade 5 to 10% higher relative to regular spot markets to justify the longer settlement period. Therefore, to determine the positioning of professional traders, one should analyze Bitcoin futures premiums, also known as the basis rate. Now, how many of you trade futures? I'm curious. Let me know in that live chat. Data revealed that traders turned bullish after Bitcoin's price surpassed 48,000 on my birthday, February 11th, with the basis rate rising above the 10th 
uh, 10%. However, this movement is not comparable to the premium observed at the beginning of this year. This suggests that this time around, no excess leverage is employed to support the markets indicating healthy indicators. One should scrutinize the balance between buy and sell options to assess whether traders were surprised by the bullish Bitcoin momentum. An increasing demand for put options usually indicates traders concentrating on neutral to bearish price strategies. Bitcoin options activity has remained relatively stable in the past two weeks, with the put-to-call options volume averaging 0.6. This implies that the demand for options was 40% lower, and in addition to being bullish in absolute terms, data indicates there has been no increase in demand for hedging against a market downturn. All Bitcoin derivative indicators point to moderate bullishness with no signs of FOMO or the typical use of high leverage when traders become reckless. Furthermore, bears have little incentive to suppress the Bitcoin price given the consistent inflow into the Bitcoin ETFs, paving the way for potential gains of above 52 thousand dollars. Now quoting Stanley Drunken Miller, known as one of the most successful hedge fund managers on Wall Street, worth $6.2 billion. Here's what he said in a recent interview. It is clear that the young people look at Bitcoin as a store of value. It is a brand. I don't own any, but I should. You're damn right. He should. And he's standing alongside legendary investor, uh, the guy who says Bitcoin is the fastest horse in the race in which it is. And uh, yeah, so let me know your thoughts on that, family. But anyways, fam, let's dive into our next story of the day and discuss some Bitcoin FOMO, shall we? As per the Glassnode founders, closely followed analysts say Bitcoin's on the verge of breaking key resistance levels that can spark a big move to the upside. Glassnode co-founders who share the handle on social media platform X say that if Bitcoin convincingly crosses 52,000, which we're currently above, traders may start feeling fear of missing out, which we know is FOMO, and fuel a continuation of bullish momentum. Quoting them here, Bitcoin is waiting for nobody. Bitcoin has experienced a significant rally towards the 52 level, breaking through key resistance areas. The 52 level is crucial, historically serving a strong resistance on the weekly chart. A breach could fuel further buying pressure, potentially leading to a FOMO scenario. Bitcoin's current trajectory hinges on its ability to surpass and maintain levels above 52,000 per coin. Bitcoin has left the building, or more correctly, has taken off in a big way. Next, we see 58,000 Bitcoin before 65,000. The all-time highs, here we come. The big Bitcoin bull continues. Let me know if you agree with their sentiment. I've been following Glassnode along with Sansmit for a very long time, and I respect their analysis, hence why we cover it often in the show. So for them to see 58,000 incoming if we maintain above 52 means 58,000 is incoming before we tap 65. Let me know if you agree with the analysis. Now, looking at the chart, the analyst suggests Bitcoin has completed a bullish ABC corrective wave. We're referring to the Elliott Wave Theory, a technical analysis approach attempting to predict the future price action by following crowd psychology that tends to manifest in waves. And according to the theory, a bullish asset often goes through the ABC correction before launching a five-wave move to the upside. Lastly, the analysts say that while there may be future market corrections, historical price action shows that corrections alone do not always invalidate a Bitcoin uptrend, as they share here. Remember the massive pullback in Bitcoin in January of 2024? Try and see if you can spot it here. Bitcoin now closed to surpassing the level from and through uh, the Bitcoin ETF. Major rallies are accompanied with 
large pullbacks. That is simply the name of the game. Embrace it or don't put your money in crypto. But it does not mean the entire trend has shifted. This rally in Bitcoin and crypto is far from over. Preach. We just getting started, man. As I mentioned earlier, we're only two months away from the halving. And historically, that's the most bullish season. It's post-halving. In fact, it's typically the year preceding the halving where we hit the cycle peak. So it couldn't be more bullish right now. 65 Gs into 70. Price discovery, all-time high. Send it. And discuss the big banks wanting a piece of the action, that sweet Bitcoin ETF action, that is. That's right. Major banks and financial institutions in the U.S. are pushing the SEC to readjust its definition of crypto assets, which could allow them to play a larger role into crypto, such as acting as custodians to the recently approved spot Bitcoin ETF. I think they're like, damn it, why are we giving all of this Bitcoin to Coinbase? We could be holding it ourselves, not your keys, not your coins. It seems Wall Street is joining this bandwagon along with the uh, the banks. On February 14th, a trade group coalition comprising a Bank Policy Institute, American Bankers Association, Financial Services Forum, and Securities Industry and Financial Markets Association pled their case in a letter to the SEC chair, No Clarity Gary, a.k.a. Gary Gensler. The group highlighted their recent approval of spot Bitcoin ETF products in the U.S., noting American banks were absent from the approved products as asset custodians, quoting them here, the commission recently approved 11 spot Bitcoin ETPs, exchange-traded products, allowing investors access to this asset class through a regulated product. However, notably absent from these approved products are banking organizations serving as the asset custodian, a role they regularly play for most other ETPs. The letter requested that the SEC consider modifications to staff accounting bulletin issued March 2022, which proves guidance around accounting for crypto asset custody obligations. They stated it has been two years since the issuance of the guidance, and there have been several relevant developments during the period, including the approval of spot Bitcoin ETFs. The current guidance requires banks to hold crypto assets on their balance sheet, which makes it costly and hinders their ability to provide crypto custody services at scale. Here's the actual letter right here. The group has now requested the SEC to narrow the definition of crypto assets in SAB 121 to exclude traditional assets recorded on the blockchain. This would prevent assets like tokenized deposits from falling under the strict crypto guidance. They also request exempting banks from the on-balance sheet requirements, but maintaining the disclosure requirements, allowing them to engage in certain crypto activities while still providing transparency to investors. And in a post to Bitwise Chief Investment Officer Matt Hogan said the letter suggests the Bitcoin ETFs have changed the tone around crypto regulation in Washington, with others commenting it was a clear sign the banks are signaling interest in joining the digital finance wave. Quoting him here, U.S. banks left off key Bitcoin ETF roles and are pushing the SEC to tweak guidance around holding digital assets, summed up Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Balchunez. Now, meanwhile, weekly Bitcoin newsletter author, the Bitcoin therapist, shared the following sentiment. The bankers are getting pissed. They can't hold spot Bitcoin ETFs for their customers. The quarter one FOMO is already driving them mad. Breach. And according to the preliminary data from Farside, the total aggregate inflows to the newly launched spot Bitcoin ETFs have just surpassed $4 billion, despite the acceleration in the outflows from Grayscale with their GBTC product. 
So there you have it. My crypto fam, can you say bullish? That's right. The bankers want in on the action. They don't want to be left out. Anyways, next story of the day, we're going to be discussing MicroStrategy. Could be entering the S&P 500. They're only a few billion dollars away before being qualified. And if they were in the S&P 500, it would create massive exposure to investors. We're talking about millions of people getting an exposure to BTC. So this is a pretty big deal. Check it out. MicroStrategy, the largest corporate hodler of Bitcoin, is slowly creeping towards being eligible for inclusion on the S&P 500 index, which is a major milestone, which can see the Bitcoin firm appearing on nearly every portfolio. Let that sink in. The Bitcoin-focused firm would still need to meet strict eligibility criteria, securing a hefty market cap boost. However, data shows MicroStrategy moved up to the 535th position amongst the largest publicly listed companies in the U.S. as of yesterday, February 15th, following an eight-day trading span that saw its stock price rally 46%. That's right, in eight days, family, MicroStrategy on a tear, getting on the S&P 500 index, which tracks the top 500 largest companies listed on stock exchanges in the U.S., requires a firm to meet the eligibility criteria, which includes minimum market cap requirement and a positive sum of profits over the previous four quarters, in addition to being profitable in the most recent quarter. Now, at least... 250,000 shares must have also been traded over the last six months, and most of the shares must be in the public hands. Now, under the current rules, the candidate firms need a market cap of $15.8 billion to be eligible. MicroStrategy's current market cap sits at $12.1 billion, meaning its current price of $718 would need to rise to $937 if all else is equal. Now, how many of you are vested in MicroStrategy stock? Let me know, fam. MicroStrategy stock has, however posted a positive sum of profits over the last four quarters, including its most recent quarter. Even if the criteria are met, the S&P's 11-member executive committee must approve the MicroStrategy listing. The committee temporarily removed electric car manufacturer Tesla from the S&P 500 ESG index back in May of 2022. The broad index fund rebalances on the third Friday of every March, June, September, in December. Now, should MicroStrategy seek an S&P 500 listing and succeed, it could spark massive positive feedback loop, a Bitcoin exposure in nearly every ETF portfolio, according to Joe Burnett, senior product marketing manager at Bitcoin financial services firm Unchained, as he shared here on X. Rising market cap and TTM profitability could position MicroStrategy for the S&P 500 eligibility pending the U.S. Index Committee approval. If MicroStrategy is included, it can spark massive positive feedback loop, enabling Bitcoin to begin automatically infiltrating every portfolio. Let's go. So that's pretty big news. So the three largest ETF funds by assets under management are Currently, we have Black uh, BlackRock's iShares uh, Core S&P 500 and the Vanguard S&P 500, which are the top two asset managers in the world, with over $400 billion in assets each. And if MicroStrategy were to break into the S&P 500, its portfolio weighting could be around 0.01% of the index fund. Data shows the S&P 500 currently boasts a market cap of $41.9 trillion, which means MicroStrategy would consume $12 billion in passive capital allocation 
at a 0.01% weighting. Now, passive index flows drive markets. Inclusion would equal automatic buying, boosting the share price, enabling more equity issuance for the Bitcoin buys, further lifting its share price and attracting more passive flows. And as Bitcoin therapist shares here, Saylor found infinite money glitch. Buy Bitcoin, MSTR goes up. Take out more debt, MSTR goes up. Sell personal holdings, MSTR goes up. Issue more stock, MSTR goes up. Join the S&P 500, MSTR go up. This is the playbook of the century. And even Michael Saylor tweeted here, MicroStrategy is a Bitcoin development company. And I read that official statement to you. That was shared on X just yesterday. And also we shared the MicroStrategy is now holding 190,000 Bitcoin with their Bitcoin investment, which just recently surpassed 10 billion, making them 4 billion in profitable, unrealized gains. So there you have it. My crypto fam. Also, I like to point out that MicroStrategy's goal over the long haul is to acquire 5% of the circulating Bitcoin supply. They currently hold just shy of 200,000 Bitcoin, closer to 190,000. That means they're looking to accumulate 1 million Bitcoin on the balance sheet. Do you think they'll likely hit their goal? Let me know. They currently control close to 1% of the circulating supply to be more precise, 0.9%. But if you calculate all the Bitcoin loss and gone forever, they already control 1.25% of the Bitcoin supply. So let that sink in. Anyways, next story of the day, we discussed the latest with MicroStrategy. Now let's discuss the latest with Mexican billionaire Ricardo Salinas outlines four key reasons to buy Bitcoin right now. That's right. Ricardo Salinas, well-known Bitcoin advocate and chairman of Grupo Salinas, commented on the recent crypto surge on X. He offered insights on investing into Bitcoin, listing four reasons why he believes investors should consider buying BTC. Quoting the billionaire here, imagine you just received your first paycheck after graduating from college. You have several options on how to spend or invest that money. The first option is to spend it now on any stupid thing. <laughs> Probably what most people do. The second is to save it in a traditional bank like Banco Azteca. That's his bank, by the way. And the third is to learn to invest in something like Bitcoin, which he said is easy to buy, store, and with no minimum required to start investing. Facts. Now, clearly, the only option for us is C, the latter. The billionaire proceeded to detail four reasons why investors should consider Bitcoin as an investment. First, highlighting Bitcoin's long-term growth potential, specifying a 10-year or more investment horizon. Personally, I love that. If you're going to be investing in Bitcoin, you should have a long-term 10-year uh, investment horizon. Agreed. Quitting Amir. Investing in Bitcoin is like betting on a new but promising company in its early stage. Although volatile and risky, Bitcoin has shown impressive growth since its inception, outperforming many of the other types of investments in terms of returns, it is an opportunity to be part of an emerging technology with the potential to redefine the global financial system. His second reason to invest into Bitcoin is ease of access and liquidity. He explained that unlike some traditional investments, such as real estate or certain funds that require long-term commitments and can be difficult to liquidate quickly, Bitcoin can be bought and sold in any amount almost instantly via the online platforms. This offers flexibility and access to your funds when you need them, cautioning that it also means that it is easy to react impulsively to market fluctuations. The third reason is diversification of the investment portfolio. Salinas explained the importance of not putting all your eggs in one basket, noting that investing in Bitcoin can be a simple and quick way to diversify your investments. Crypto often doesn't follow the same trends as a stock or bond market, which means it can be a good way to reduce risk. The last reason Salinas mentioned was protection against governments. Nonsense. 
such as inflation and currency devaluation. The billionaire opined, with global concerns about inflation and devaluation of traditional currencies, Bitcoin is presented as an alternative with a limited maximum supply of 21 million, which could ever be created. This contrasts with fiat currencies, which governments can print indefinitely, potentially reducing their value over time, which is precisely what the fiat Ponzi scheme does. And while recommending Bitcoin, he cautioned investors that the crypto has its risks, including volatility in the short term and regulatory uncertainties. In another post, he offered a strategy for investors to capitalize on potential Bitcoin price increases in the long term, sharing this. You have to know how to invest and be patient, not get scared when it goes down and buy, and not get excited when it goes up and sell. Easy peasy. Simple as that. Now, shout out to Ricardo Salinas, third richest man in Mexico. What are the prospects you guys think of Bitcoin becoming a legal tender in a country like Mexico? That'd clearly be a big deal. Now, respect to him because he's an early Bitcoin adopter. I know Max Kaiser orange pilled him. And he has said that his best investment of all time has been Bitcoin. So you already know he's extremely bullish on the King Crypto. And he also owns a bank. So here's the banker, theoretically, who is a Bitcoiner. And the majority of his portfolio is in Bitcoin. So respect to Uncle Ricky. Now for our feature story of the day. Let's discuss 5 million per Bitcoin is the fair market value for Bitcoin right now, according to the high priest. Max Kaiser. That's right. He shared this tweet the other day, 19 hours ago. I'm going to read it to you. I chatted with the legendary Howard Lutnick uh, with President Bukele. His recent affirmation that Cantor Fitzgerald manages Tether's $97 billion treasury port blue mines at Davos and CNBC. He is a classic Wall Street BSD who, as one of 24 primary dealers, occupies the nexus of the multi-trillion dollar U.S. dollar universe. Can you say mega whale? I gave him my pitch. Actually, it was uh, Greg Foss's pitch. Bitcoin is an incredibly cheap CDS on the imploding global fiat money world and how 500 million per Bitcoin is the fair market value for Bitcoin. His response was a mixture of horror and excitement. Remember my credo, no billionaire left behind. And here's the receipts. You see video or uh, these awesome pictures, you can see they're having a nice reception together. You got Stacy, you got Bukele in the middle, you got these billionaires, you got Max Kaiser, you know what I mean? Talking about Bitcoin adoption, so this could be very big news, family. You heard it here first. You can see Bukele with this juggernaut right here. I believe this must be Howard Lutnick. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he is a legend in the financial space and already linked up with Najib Bukele. And we know Bukele, first country, El Salvador, become make Bitcoin legal tender. So yeah, man, this is pretty lit. So that's why I shared this. Five million per coin is the fair market value. Max retweeted it. So shout out to the high priest. Other recent things that Max has shared. Uh, Max Kaiser, did you know he invested in Kraken when it was only worth $5 million? That's a 160x return. In fact, Max has his hands in a lot of the Bitcoin-related startups. He's just more quiet and incognito behind the scenes, but you bet he's a very smart man. And uh, of course, investing in Bitcoin when it was only a dollar and the first international TV coverage of BTC was with Stacey Herbert via the Kaiser Report. You know what I mean? So receipts on receipts on receipts. Now, now quoting Saylor when he was interviewed on um, Patrick Bet David's podcast. This is a pretty bullish uh, prediction. Bitcoin is on a path to be worth 100 million dollars 
per coin, which means that the U.S. dollar will have lost 99.9% of its value over 100 years. Warren Buffett knows this. Charlie Munger, back when he was alive, of course, knows this. And that's quoting the Giga Chad. This is officially the most bullish Giga Chad Michael Saylor prediction I've ever covered on the show. Him literally saying Bitcoin will be worth $100 million someday. Now, other headlines, conditions coalescing around billionaire Michael Saylor's $5 million Bitcoin call, being we're discussing a $5 million Bitcoin, and something I shared a few months back, Michael Saylor revealed three catalysts which will take Bitcoin to $5 million per coin. Number one, and this was before we had the ETF family, spot ETF approval inevitable. Lo and behold, on January 11th, they officially went live. 11 of the ETFs, so 11-11, happy 11-11. Number two, banks custody and lend against Bitcoin as collateral. Coming soon. You already know that because now it's officially recognized as an asset class. Now that you got Wall Street and the major asset managers behind it stacking those sats accordingly. And number three, fair value accounting rules from the FASB, which got approved a few months back. And I think they're initially uh, going to take place later on in this year. So all these things are ultimately already in the works. So nothing is going to stop Bitcoin from achieving this $5 million goal. Let me know if you agree or disagree with that target. Now, he also shared why you need to own at least 0.1 Bitcoin. So I want to share with you this 2024 prediction from the Giga Chad. Let me read this to you. I think there are only three things relevant right now. And here are the three things. The halving is coming with 100% certainty. Facts, 60 days out family. Exactly. And as far as I can see it, most of selling a Bitcoin in the market is the Bitcoin miners that have to sell in order to pay their electricity bills and pay their debt expenses and their operating expenses. So that amount of selling pressure is going to be cut in half in a couple of months now. So we know that's a coming. And then we know there's a spot Bitcoin ETF coming, which is already here now. And when that comes, we plug into Wall Street as well as the entire banking system. And then finally, that fair value accounting is coming. And when that happens, the objective will go away. And it's already been approved, fam. Done deal. And now you're going to introduce this as a conversation into hundreds of boardrooms. I dare say thousands. What do you guys think? They will not move in a week. They will move quarterly. But over the course of 12 quarters, you'll start to see company after company looking at this. And you'll start to see reallocation of assets. At the end of the day, corporations only hold two assets. They hold cash and they hold bonds. And so if Bitcoin is available as an asset per pursuit to the bond, then you'll see a reallocation from bonds to Bitcoin. Yeah. Do you want junk bonds or do you want the most appreciating asset in human history? No brainer. Apex predator all day. And then in the institutional investor side, you've got all of these people holding real estate, holding commodities, holding gold, holding ETF and SP indexes and the like. And if they start to reallocate and they will 1% and 2%, 5%. Then you're going to have something that has never happened in the history of the world, which is you've got an ETF on a commodity that is scarce. That's right. Let that sink in. In the entire ETF financial world, there has never been an ETF with a commodity with a finite limited supply. You have commodities with relatively scarceness, but not true scarcity with finite limited supply. So Bitcoin's in a category of its own. Hence why it's crushing its first month already with over 200,000 Bitcoin through the ETFs in their very first inception month. Now, every other ETF in the world is an asset that is not scarce. It's inflationary. Preach. You can make more buildings. You can make more real estate. You can make more gold. You hear that, shift? You can make more commodities. You can make $4 billion worth of any of those things. 
preach. The underlying producers produce more of the asset to deflate or depreciate the price. That's how they control the markets. Precious metals, a great example. Just introduce more, dump more into the open market, then the price is going to go down. That's how they suppress the gold price at roughly $2,000 an ounce for the past decade. And JP Morgan Chase has paid upwards of over $900 million worth of fines. That was just one time being fined for spoofing precious metal markets. So they actually pay major fines because they're guilty of doing so. Now, shout out to Emilio Gonzalez. He just gifted us with my favorite Bitcoin orange color. Super. Thanks for all you do blessings uh, for you, Nipsey, and your daughter, and you're a good man. Here is orange for you. Greatly appreciate that. That's very kind of you, family. So thank you, Emilio Gonzalez. L love and light. So with Bitcoin, when 100 billion flows into the Bitcoin ETF, which we know is a coming, there won't be any ability for any producer to produce any more Bitcoin. And so you can't really compare it to the spot and ETFs of gold because gold is an inflationary asset. And you can't compare it to an ETF on real estate or on bonds or on equity. Also keep in mind, fam, that 80% of the Bitcoin supply is in the hands of the long-term hodlers. So what's going to happen, we're going to have a supply shock and a demand shock this year, and it's going to send Bitcoin parabolic. Just watch. You really have to say, this is the first time we've ever plugged Wall Street into an asset that you cannot produce any more of. And so nobody knows what will happen except that if you reason from first principles, you know that it's actually going to perform better than all the other asset ETFs, in which it's already doing, because the underlying fundamentals are just better. That's right. But let me lay out the possible ways to invest into Bitcoin. One, you buy Bitcoin, the underlying asset. The second, you buy the spot ETF. The third, you buy MicroStrategy. Okay, we talked about the headaches of buying Bitcoin, the underlying asset. You have to do it on a crypto exchange and put it in place, parallel custody, compliance, compensation, control systems. That's the challenge of that. Now, personally, I think self-custody is very simple. Any human being can do it, including a 10-year-old, but it requires responsibility. So some of you guys, you just don't want that responsibility. I don't get it. Learn how to self-custody, but to each their own. Hence why there's options here. Anyways, the closest thing, the most compelling idea for a plain vanilla Bitcoin investment of an institutional investor is you buy the spot ETF. You're going to be getting one-to-one -one correlation. So for 1 million, you're getting 1 million worth of Bitcoin. That's the positive. It's marginal. It's good collateral. I can buy in a second, no money down, and I don't need to build parallel custody company compensation controls. So all the problems are handled by Wall Street. What's the cost? 50 to 100 basis points a year. So if I charge 1% per year over the course of 20 years, and an example, GBTC being the largest fee of the ETFs, they're currently at 1.5%. Um, it means that I kind of take 20% of the money you invested at 1% over the course of a lifetime. Good point. So there's a cost basis of 50 points, meaning I get 10% of your money approximately. But having said it all, I would pay you 50 to 100 basis points in order to be plugged into Wall Street and it's not a problem. It is a lot better than the alternative, which is rebuild all of their systems and then finance themselves. So MicroStrategy is not that. MicroStrategy, you can think of as a levered long Bitcoin company that pays you a yield. So I'm not going to call it an ETF because we are not a financial company, but we have 4.4 billion plus a Bitcoin, now over 10 billion. You see how fast that climbed in a few months, family? And they're already 4 billion in unrealized profits. Let that sink in. So what we have done is we have learned the balance of the sheet with debt that costs us about 1.5% interest. So MicroStrategy's advantage of its position as an operating company to do something that an ETF cannot do. An ETF can't issue junk bonds. An ETF can't issue convertible bonds. An ETF can't do like an ATM, like we can do. And an ETF can't buy Bitcoin, 
with cash flows. We have a lot of flexibility as an operating company and we don't charge that fee. So we have now 10 billion worth of Bitcoin, but we don't charge 10 million per year, or in this case, 100 million per year. So the real idea here is, what if I created an investment vehicle that paid you a yield instead of charging you a fee? The complete opposite of an ETF, right? And what if I was able to borrow money at one and a half percent interest? I borrowed a billion dollars at 0% interest and bought Bitcoin with it. That's called the speculative attack on the banking sector, let's go. Let me give you a theoretical. If you get a 2% yield instead of paying a 1% fee, it's 60% difference over the lifetime of your asset. So if you have a billion dollars invested and you're getting a 2% yield, you're actually picking up 20 million per year instead of paying 10 million per year. So the dynamic of the company is very important. So you can imagine that if I don't charge you a fee and if I have cheap leverage, the stock, the benefit accrues to the common stock shareholders. Because I went, I borrowed 2.2 billion at one and a half interest and I bought Bitcoin with it. Smart man. So what's the logical theoretical yield of Bitcoin? Is it more than one and a half percent per year? Well, let's say it's 15% a year. And keep in mind, fam, we're up over 20% for the past week. Then we're scraping 14% positive real yield off of the debt. And so that would be 14% of a billion dollars or more, actually 14% of 2.2 billion. So that would be 300 million a year that accrues to the benefit of the common stock shareholders. You see, this is the benefit of being an operating company. We can never, uh, we can every quarter choose what we want to do. So some quarters we issue junk bonds, other quarters we would issue convertible bonds, other quarters we would sell the equity, other quarters we would just use our own cash. So the answer is there's always going to be good market and there's always going to be a bad market. There's things you shouldn't do and there's things you should do. So MicroStrategy, to make a long story short, is a bit more complicated than a spot. ETF, right? If you want something plain, vanilla, and simple, then it should basically correlate one-to-one -one with Bitcoin after you pay the fee. Then you buy the spot ETF. But if you wanted to actually try to outperform Bitcoin, like MicroStrategy outperformed Bitcoin, our performance over the course of the three years is higher than Bitcoin's performance. So if you want to outperform Bitcoin or outperform the spot ETF, you would do that by accretive financings. Like for example, if our stock trades at a 30% premium to the underlying assets and we sell a billion dollars of equity, we actually captured 300 million of accretion to our shareholders. So there you have it. I know that was a mouthful, but very powerful words coming from the Giga Chat himself, the one and only Mike Saylor. You've got a business that you love because your family works for the business that's in your family for 37 years. Tell him, Michael, what should we do? And you can't bear to sell it mortgage it, finance it, and convert the proceeds into the hardest money on earth, which is Bitcoin. So there you have it, fam. Let me know your thoughts on the $5 million price prediction from uh, the one and only high priest of Bitcoin, Max Kaiser, who is just kicking it with Bukele and fellow billionaires, orange pilling them, uh, and as well as Mike Saylor, who actually goes as high as Bitcoin on a path to hitting $100 million per coin with the US dollar effectively losing 99.999% of all of his value. And holla at your boy. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.